0: Welcome to Cleveland Clinic Cardiac Consult, brought to you by the Seidel and Arnold Miller Family Heart and Vascular Institute at Cleveland Clinic. In each podcast, we aim to provide relevant and helpful information for healthcare professionals involved in cardiac, vascular, and thoracic specialties. Enjoy. Well, welcome today. We are here with Dr. Deborah Kwan, who's director of MRI at the Cleveland Clinic Heart and Vascular Institute. And thank you for spending time with us today to talk about MRI. There's so many different imaging modalities now for patients. What can you tell us about cardiac MRI specifically and when it's used?
1: Sure. Well, thank you so much for uh, allowing me to have the opportunity to talk about my favorite modality. (laughs) Um, So cardiac MRI really allows um, for the most comprehensive assessment of the heart. Um, It allows for very precise assessment of left ventricular size and function. Um, It gives superior images um, that aren't really affected by patient body size, so it really allows us to see the heart really well. And it's considered the gold standard, really, for the assessment of um, heart function and size. So this is really important for patients who have heart disease when there's um, a sign that there could be a problem with their heart and they Mm -hmm. want to have further characterization of what's going on. Um, Cardiac MRI also allows for tissue characterization, so it allows us to see if there's underlying fibrosis or scarring or inflammation, which may be very important to how we um, decide how to treat the patients. When should uh, physicians order contrast versus non-contrast in MRI? That's a very good question. Mm -hmm. Um, It can be uh, confusing. So actually, um, Many physicians think you need to have contrast in in order to be able to quantify the left ventricular size and function, and actually that's not true. So if the clinical question is just what is the heart function, Mm -hmm. um, we actually don't need to use contrast. And even if it's the question of um, the size of the aorta, um, we actually can do um, imaging now without the need Mm -hmm. for contrast in that population as well. Um, The time where it's absolutely needed to uh, use contrast is if we want to be able to uh, assess for myocardial fibrosis. So if we want to see if there's underlying scarring in the heart, we have to use um, contrast. For clinical purposes, there's actually recent advances demonstrating that we may be able to characterize the tissue without contrast, but that's kind of still in the research realm. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also if we want to see if there's um, pericardial inflammation, um, for pericarditis, we also need to use contrast in that setting. So, you've been
0: involved in a lot of studies mm-hmm. related to MRI. Can you talk about some of those and how, you know, what the outcomes have been that have influenced practice as well? Yeah,
1: sure. So, cardiac MRI um, is a really great clinical as well as a research tool. Um, and so, we've been looking a lot um, in terms of how it can impact um, treatment strategies and also risk stratification for patients. So um, one area that we've looked at extensively is in patients with ischemic cardiomyopathy or patients who've had significant heart attacks that have resulted in significant um, impact on their heart function. Um, And we've uh, demonstrated that doing viability assessment or seeing how much underlying tissue is still viable, um, if that can help predict which patients would derive the most benefit from revascularization, and also for um, mitral valve intervention for people who have ischemic mitral regurgitation. Mm -hmm. Um, We've also been looking a lot, uh, Dr. Alan Klan is our pericardial um, center director, and he's generated a lot of um, excitement and patient interest Um, and pericarditis and cardiac MRI has been shown to be very useful in this population um, because it allows us to directly visualize the pericardium to see um, not only is is there inflammation but how much inflammation there is. And that really helps us to dictate how aggressive we are with our anti-inflammatory medications and if we have to use steroids on top of it or um, even immunologic uh, type of therapy. So it's been very useful in that uh, scenario as well. And then recently, we've been doing some research looking at gender differences in cardiac disease. So as I mentioned, the cardiac MRI is the most useful tool for assessing cardiac size and function. Um, And we've been um, seeing that women remodel differently in uh, response to cardiac disease compared to men, um, particularly in valvular heart disease. Um, And so we're really, um, I think it's very important for us to further investigate this because a lot of the surgical guidelines for when we intervene on valvular lesions are based on dimensions that were made on men, Mm -hmm. uh, mostly male patients. So I think cardiac MRI could have a really important role in helping us determine um, how women may differ from men and if there needs to be more gender specific criteria. Mm
0: So are there certain conditions, it sounds like, where MRI definitely should be the, one of the imaging modalities of choice then? Mm-hmm. So what should providers know?
1: Yeah, so providers should know that um, cardiac MRI is uh, relatively safe mm-hmm. um, uh, for many of the cardiac devices, stents, um, valves, um, including mechanical valves, it is very safe. Mm-hmm. Um, and even with um, patients with pacemakers and devices, um, even those that are not conditional, it's safe to, um, to conduct a, an MRI. The question is, what is the image quality gonna be? Mm-hmm. So, and that's also what physicians should know in terms of which patients should be referred. Um, because patients who can't hold their breath um, are not gonna have good image quality. Um, And patients who have very irregular heart rates also will have um, very difficult images. Mm -hmm. So um, those are the two main things that physicians should um, consider. And also, when you're ordering a cardiac MRI, there's um, multiple different protocols of MRI. It's not like a CT scan um, or an echo where it's a more um, standardized Mm -hmm. assessment for every patient. Um, uh, Cardiac MRI is uh, very tailored towards the clinical question. So it's very important for the um, ordering physician to uh, clearly document what it is that they are wanting MRI to help um, Mm -hmm. further investigate. Mm -hmm.
0: So um, it sounds like there's certain patients that MRI would not be a good Mm -hmm. choice for.
1: Yes, so patients that are unstable, Mm -hmm. um, uh, because the cardiac MRI, is uh, the patient has to go into a very enclosed Mm -hmm. space, um, and it's a long scan, it's about 30 to 45 minutes. So if the patient's unstable and they get into trouble when they're in the scanner, that's not a safe Mm -hmm. thing to do. Um, So we want patients to be very clinically stable. Um, uh, Patients who are claustrophobic will also have problems um, because, again, it's in an enclosed space. um, And they have to be able to hold their breath um, reliably for about 10 to 15 seconds. Um, Atrial fibrillation, we've actually been able to get um, decent images on, but if they have really irregular heart rates, that's going to degrade the image quality quite a bit. Um, Also patients with with significant pleural effusions will um, not have the best image quality. Okay, great.
0: So just to to summarize, what would you say would be the main um, areas that patients or that physicians should consider Mm -hmm. when ordering an MRI? What conditions would they be? Yeah, sure.
1: So definitely um, Mm -hmm. anybody with a newly diagnosed cardiomyopathy. Mm -hmm. So if you have a decreased ejection fraction for an unknown reason, I think cardiac MRI is a fantastic modality Mm -hmm. because it will help quantify the ejection fraction very precisely, um, see what the size of the ventricle is. Um, But then the tissue characterization can often help to identify the diagnosis, whether it's ischemic cardiomyopathy or myocarditis or sarcoidosis or amyloidosis. Um, I think it can be very useful in that Mm -hmm. scenario. Um, I think it's very uh, useful in patients with significant valvular disease, so patients with significant mitral regurgitation or aortic regurgitation, um, particularly if it's if the echo is not clear on the significance of the regurgitation or the size of the ventricle, the cardiac MRI can be extremely mm-hmm. useful in that scenario as well. Mm-hmm. Um, And then uh, the cardiac MRIs can be very uh, helpful also for assessing the size of the aorta. Mm -hmm. Um, I think for patients who are younger, um, cardiac MRI is very Um, useful um, and just as good as CT but it doesn't expose those patients to radiation. Another uh, important uh, place for cardiac MRI to be very useful is in pericarditis. As I mentioned before um, cardiac MRI allows us to directly um, visualize the pericardium so if there's a patient with chest pain that we don't think is from coronary artery disease and we're suspecting that there's pericarditis, uh, cardiac MRI can be incredibly useful. Mm
0: Well, thank you very much yes.
1: for discussing MRI with us today. Yeah, my pleasure.
0: Thank you. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. We welcome your comments and feedback. Please contact us at heart at ccf.org. Like what you heard? Please subscribe and share the link on iTunes.